Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and cocktail. Again, welcome to Debriefing and Cocktails, where Sergio and I talk about stuff we hope people care about. This week, we are going to talk about the world is not enough. And before we actually get into that, let me be polite and ask Sergio, Sergio, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Oh man, that's that's great to hear. And and thanks thanks to my co co-host star that uh, he's patient because I've been dealing with nonsense to try and fix my chair to be squeaky or less squeaky. So he's not as mad at me. So sorry, this is uh <laughs> taking so long, Sir J.O. Uh, I forgive you. Yay. Oh, my chair feels deflated now. It actually feels like it's deflating. <laughs> like I'm lowering just a little bit. Oh my God. What What is happening? What is today? Man, uh, well, Sergio, let, let's go ahead. I, this is actually deflating. Where do you want to start with this movie? I, you know what? Actually, I would love to hear you start about this movie. I'm curious okay. what you thought. All right, I I don't know if this is James Bond fatigue. Um, at this point, I but think the it world, might be. the the world is not enough. Is kind of a by the numbers bore fest. Mm. Okay. Like, like there's a few action sequences that don't really go anywhere. Like there were more action sequences in this movie than it could really sustain. Mm-hmm. And most of them were boring. Mm. Okay. And then there was one that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The one with the helicopter and the little blade things hanging from the helicopter. All right. So, so two things then. What was the least boring or most exciting, whichever way you want to frame that, <laughs> or or not or, and what was the most useless action scene? Uh, and if the, it's the one you just said, explain why, I guess. Okay. The well, the the, the least boring, I guess, was the one uh, in the opening sequence with the was was it the opening sequence? The jet boat. Yeah, the jet boat thing. Uh huh. That thing was cool, I guess. Yeah. Kind of dumb. It is, yeah. It's both. Uh, but but like the climax of it and the exploding of the of the, of the hot air balloon, that was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as as he's falling and he lands and it's like, dirt, 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 you know. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That yep. was that, that was cool. But the 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 sequence with the blades hanging from the helicopter. Yeah, and, and it's funny before you go too far into that. They so they prep you for that, if you remember. Oh, they oh, were, oh! When 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 they when that thing came on screen the first time, I was like, oh, they're gonna use that dumb shit later. That's my first thought. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely Chekhov's gun you pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. I was so. like, oh, okay, all right, all right. This is this is what's gonna happen. Uh, the, now I will give it this: there were some really good practical effects in that whole 
action sequence. You know, the the the, the dock being torn apart real time, mm-hmm. like physically torn apart was cool. And the the entire uh, structure of the, the building that was on the dock falling uh-huh. apart after, you know, comedically after the whole thing. That was fun. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it, I'm actually interested now that you kind of say that, that that's all practical effects. I'm under the impression this movie. So it has some CG going on, like the tunnel sequence when they're on the two little trams. <laughs> yeah. Was that CG pretty bad? It was, it was fine. Considering the year it came out, it was fine. Okay. So, I, I don't know. So, I was going with that with to say, if that CG was pretty bad, it's funny that you talk about the practical effects so well. Yeah. Like, um, go ahead. When, when, like, watching the practical effects of that scene had me feel nostalgic about practical effects. Man, I, I definitely... You know, maybe I don't know. I just don't know anymore what practical effects look like these days. But man, yeah, good practical practical effects go a long way. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that scene, and for the most part, I, I guess I can appreciate the the visual that's going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's really dumb. I think oh, all of yes. it's kind of dumb. The fact that that scene is almost the sole justification for the car for bond's car uh-huh because he gets to shoot a rocket out of it or something yep yep and no, that car doesn't matter in any other thing later or before as far as like well, the yeah the, well there is the, yeah there is no car after that well right because there's literally cut no, in half sure sure okay, well, okay prior you're right prior <laughs> to that scene the car is never used there's no gadgetry there's nothing done with it uh, it's just a mode of transportation, but they go through that it's look how it's so nice bond. It has all these fancy features and six beverage cup holders. Like what? Mm-hmm. So so is he gonna use any? Is he gonna use like oil slicks and shit? And like no. Okay, so I guess you guys just made him shoot a rocket so the car wouldn't waste. Yeah. So they could get that paycheck from a uh, BMW. Yeah. Who right? Whoever is doing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I don't know where to really frame this. It's not obviously at all a big deal. It's just kind of one of those funny little things where – so it, when that scene ends and the building collapses, like uh, Zarkovsky says, you know, like, at least we have four walls or, or whatever. And then you hear him say, oh, the insurance company is not going to believe this. But he's – but the sound of him speaking is too close kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't sound – natural because we don't see the character speak it we just we just hear him say it almost as if he's a narrator so it's just kind of a funny little thing bad voiceover work is what that is sure there we go yeah Yeah. bad voiceover work um yeah like i just wasn't entertained by this movie at all like there's some cool some really cool ideas and a lot of cool uh setups and, and payoffs like like the whole Sophie Marceau being the bad guy but not really being the bad guy because she was she has Stockholm syndrome like that oh, no, all she's of the that bad is guy. cool what's she's that the ba- she's the bad guy yeah across the board she didn't even I don't even think she has Stockholm syndrome not really 
I don't know. I don't. That, I guess we, that's debatable. But we we can get into that. But yeah, but it's yeah, it's sorry. it's just like that was cool. Like mm-hmm. there was a legit middle of the movie where I was like, is is this bitch evil or not? Yeah. You know, and and I don't usually get that out of any movies, let alone a fucking Bond movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, you have Denise Richards, who, uh, you know, despite being one of the, the the more attractive Bond girls, is absolutely like act. She she's like trying to have a scene with a brick. Like she doesn't do anything. Yeah, if if I'm not mistaken, she won the Razzie that year. For this, she could have swept the categories in the Razzies. <laughs> Oh, I do think she did in this for this one. I don't know. So I, I, I would say, yeah, that the what's the uh, Electra? What's her actress's name? Sophia. So Sophie Marceau. Sophie Marceau. I, I actually think that's one of the, if not the better part of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it really carries enough weight or not, you know, sure. I don't know. But. So she's kind of she's the bad guy where so from the start of the movie, it's framed that, yes, she gets kidnapped by Renard and then gets free. And then yet Stockholm syndrome ish looking. But then toward the end of the movie, when she's like torturing Bond on that chair and all this stuff and. It's kind of revealed that this is what she wants. She's convinced Renard to do these things, to to do this whole large plan. Like and from from her perspective. Sure, and that's kind of true. Like it, yeah. it is, it it's her saying it, but it's at least to say that it's not exactly Stockholm syndrome. It's not she fell in love with her captor out of craziness. Like it sounds like she. Maybe she actually does care about him. It's never really framed really super well, I don't think. Like, yeah. you see her get happy toward the end and hugs him and, you know. But it's never, like, really put front and center whether they love each other or not. Um, But she frames it, I feel like, especially the Bond, that she can make men... She can get things out of men that she wants. Just like what she's doing with Renard. And yeah. and what she did with Bond. So whether okay, right? Like, is she the true villain of the movie? I don't. Probably not. But she. I don't know. It, it's definitely not what you might think. It's definitely not straight up. She's mentally damaged and Stockholm syndromed out of her mind. It's it's not just that simple. And well, it's not that. I I guess we would have to know more about what that syndrome is. And that that's kind of fair. All yeah. I understand it to be is you fall in love with your captor. And you see, I'm reading something right now that says that it's uh, you develop a psychological bond mm-hmm. with it. Right. And and that is kind of fair. Like, are we and are we going by what you're reading right now or are we supposed to go by 99 standards? Because maybe yeah. it was interpreted differently then. And so the movie treated it differently then. Right. And it played out differently because of that, I, you know. Either way, she's in on it. At least I'll put it that way. Oh yeah, she's absolutely in on it. Like, and like, she's on board. She's okay yeah. with it. She wants to do yeah. these things. So that's where I would come from saying, frame yeah. her a little more of the villain, because it, at least Renard to speak of, he's gonna die and he knows it. So 
it's kind of whatever. Whereas she's going to be dealing with like the long term effects. She's going for the long game. True. Of this whole situation. So Re- Renard's just having one last hurrah. Can we talk about that guy for a second? Can we talk about that guy for one second? I'll give you more than one second because I would like more than that. Because like. <laughs> I feel like he didn't get nearly enough screen time to to be the, you know, like the the very Bond-esque villain that he was. This guy has a bullet lodged in his brain that eventually is going to kill him. But in the meantime, it's causing him not to feel pain. Yeah, he all things considered, I think he's more akin to the henchman. He is. He is. But they didn't do anything with that. No, they didn't. No, you're very right. Yeah, yeah, like it's one like, scene where they do something with it. Right. It, it's well, too, but it's fucking dumb. Like have Bond is. like stab him in the face or something and him just keep coming after him. Like make it obvious that he can't feel anything. Yeah. Oh, they make it obvious. They just don't like you said, they just don't do anything with it because he he picks up at, at uh, death's mouth or whatever. The devil's mouth where they introduce yeah. him. He picks up that rock and puts it in the other guy's hand, and he never flinches, but the other guy does. He punches through that glass table, has the glass in his hand, but never flinches, and she takes it out. Oh, woo, so that, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. But what what are you gonna do? What is James Bond going to do that is not enough to hurt this guy? Like that's my question. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like there's Bond. Nothing ever occurs to the point where he can't feel pain matters. Yeah. The one time that it comes up is him getting impaled with the gold pipe missile. I don't know what that shit is at the end of the movie. But no, yeah, he, neither do they. <laughs> it's supposed to be the, the physical representation of some sort of nuclear like device insertion or, or key in, or something insertion something. Yeah, I, I don't know either, but the closest they do use his no pain gimmick is he gets hit with that and doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of like, ah, oh, you've hit me. Oh, I'm mm. gonna fall over now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he I don't want to say that he, that he was a complete waste because I think that's giving him more credit than he really deserves. I think he but, was a waste. Well, the thing is, is like, even if they did do, do his, his ailment justice, like how much better would the movie really have been? Oh no, I'm with you. You're you're probably right. I, I'm more so on top of what you've just said. Uh, I'm annoyed too that they just don't even I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. I'm sure you're probably going to call it a readism, and even me saying this <laughs> is probably priming you to call it a readism anyway. I'm teeing you up, but like, there's a lot of this Bond shit I can get on board with, and just kind of like, all right, man, cool. I'm I'm down for this a little bit. You know, maybe there's still some physics of this that are annoying or, or don't make sense to me but fine i'm still kind of with you there was a dude in the fucking movie with metal teeth and would bite things and i'm not really calling much into question there but this guy can feel pain cannot feel pain because he has a bullet going through his brain and i'm just like dude i can't i can't i can't i can't go with you on this this is bullshit all of this is bullshit that's no no to the no to the nth degree and to top it off even further you don't even take your own thing that ser- you take it too seriously where yeah okay cool he puts the rock in his hand and he doesn't react 
to the pain of it. All right, that's cool. I'm sorry, his hand is still going to burn the fuck off, or his skin's going to burn off, or whatever, right? It's going to have yeah. whatever physical... Just because you don't feel pain doesn't mean your body doesn't physically react otherwise. Yeah. And and I get it. I get it. Leave me alone. I get it. They can't... That's not going to be perfect, but can you... It, then don't do the things where it's going to be obviously dumb that you're not following your logic or following the logic yes he can't feel pain but his skin is still going to burn off yes at least when he punched the glass you see the damage to his hand i've yeah. so they like halfway did it but then like i mean they didn't even use the gimmick in the first place so we it's just really dumb all of this is real fucking i would rather have just uh Electra just straight up be the villain. Yeah, yeah. Get him the fuck out. Get this whole kidnapping thing out. Get this whole Stockholm Syndrome shit out. Just get it all out. Let her be manipulating and pulling the strings and doing all this bullshit. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this, this movie is mired down with so many old... And, and and we'll get into this in the tropes section, but there's so many old Bond bullshit things in this movie. There are some old bond things in this and i guess i'm not that bothered by some of them it is it's a lot of it's funny to me in some way or i say a lot of it some of it's funny to me and i don't really know how to even interpret it i'm happy to see some of the returning characters though because i forgot uh, okay. that these characters are there like uh tanner if you remember him from Goldeneye. The MI6 scene in that movie where he's like, it's too bad that the evil queen of hearts wouldn't let you play, play it or the evil queen of numbers wouldn't let you play it when he's when they're looking at the Sevenaya base. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And there's a guy talking to Bond that that's Tanner. So they're he's two movies ago. And Charles or Robinson, I forget which one is which, but it, the. You know, and I hate to frame it this way, but the black guy that works with MI6, the British black fellow, mm-hmm. he was in Tomorrow Never Dies in the opening scene of that movie, doing the whole white knight to white rook, white knight to get uh, come in. Yeah. yeah, that guy. So it was cool to see him there for like five seconds, all that he was there. Uh, you know, Judy Dench, of course, being M, it's great. A lot of things going on in this movie, and I think everybody did a good job though, for what it's worth, like acting. And just their portrayals. Like, mm-hmm. I think Pierce Brosnan is on point, personally. My the, preference of Bond. I, I, I would I would say that this is actually the most that I have liked Pierce Brosnan. Mm. Okay. Uh, j- just because he wasn't as... Uh, he Like, he was charming, but he wasn't overly quippy. He, he wasn't cheesy in this movie. Like, I, he's... Yeah. Ang- like he's angry and 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 doing shit, and he is, yeah. I, and I think you're just glossing over, or you're okay with what they did do, because he's he's a bit quippy in the upfront in the beginning part of the movie, like the first third of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll he, give you that. He's he's very quippy. He's actually fairly quippy, but yes, the rest of it he's not. Once he leaves MI6, he's no longer that quippy. Yeah. Um, the money penny or, or the money penny, money penny. This is her third movie to be in the movie. Her third movie to be in the Bond series. 
You're so doing they, a great job. You're doing a great job. Thanks, pal. Thank, thanks so much. It's just nice to see the consistency, right? The, these the characters since GoldenEye have remained the same characters. Yeah, I, it's just I don't give two shits about that. And that's fair. You, like, you don't have to. You, you, you don't have to go out of your way to include all of these fucking characters if you're going to do it in a shitty movie. I I agree with that with Tanner and Robinson. Those two characters are so peripheral, especially poor Robinson. Uh, Tanner at least is like name dropped in front of him. He's there. I don't think the Robinson guy is. So like if you, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you don't know who that character already is, you could blink and miss. Yeah. That he's in the movie and who he is in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the doctor scene, I actually thought I was going to have an it. I thought I was going to have some weird little issue with that scene. But in retrospect or in or upon watching it again, I didn't really think I didn't really have a problem with it. The, the doctor scene where he seduces the doctor to get a clean, clean bill of health. Uh huh. Yep. Th- that's that's kind of this old old bond shit that I, w- was just, just got on my fucking nerves. It's like, it's at this point it's 1999. Like, yeah, I'm going to seduce the doctor to get a clean bill of health. You don't have to write that into the movie. Yeah, There's no uh, reason yeah. for that to be there. Right. I don't know why he can't just give her fuck you eyes and be done with that. Like, why can't he just give her I'll fuck you later? Look, uh, whatever you want to call that. Why can't he just have a sore elbow or something? And Sophie Marceau's character go, oh, you have bruises. And he's like, yes, I you know, jumped off a building. You know, like, why is oh, he? Yeah, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the only reason that plot device is in there is to connect to Marceau's have those character. Coins, yeah. Basically. Fuck, and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so Bond can make the connection of how did he know about my, you know, shoulder, my, my collarbone or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, and he still could have been injured anyway and – he could have just been lightly injured, but just enough where, you know, you apply some pressure to a source area and that's all you need. You don't have to break your collarbone for that. Yeah. And, and you definitely don't have to shoot an entire scene where James Bond seduces a doctor. See, and so this is your language. This is where I kind of was coming from up front with it, too. Now, they don't say it. And I know you're going to like like opposite throw some read shit at me. Like, but Reed, they didn't say that. How can you think that? Oh. The subtext to that scene to me was that, like, she's in on it. Like, she's in, she's with it. You know, he starts derobing her, and she's like, oh, we've done this before. You know, she and I yeah. have done this yeah. before. We're doing yeah. this again. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm really? with it. So he didn't, to me, I wouldn't even frame that he seduced her. He just, they just got it on in the office. <laughs> like, she's 100% on board. I, I know she. I, I I said what I said, knowing that <laughs> it's still pointless. <laughs> no, well, sure, sure. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't take away from it being pointless. I would, just that you had framed it as you called it. He seduces her, and I would say he's not even really seducing her if she's in on it. Seducing to me makes it sound like I have to convince you. This is my persuasive argument to get what I want. That's what I imagine. I interpret seducing as. Not interpret. I assume that's what seducing is. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I Google anyway, closely to persuade to disobey. So, ah, uh, there you uh, go. Uh, uh, 
but I still either way to I get I get point, what you're saying though. I yeah. Think. To your yeah. point though, I agree it is pointless. Either way it is. And and they do just use it to do these dumb little lines like Ah, oh, it looks like the good doctor cleared you and said she has excellent stamina. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. All it, I, I'm at least glad in that framing of this scene that they didn't have the good Jane Judy Dench come back and say, pump her for information. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't mind him saying the stamina bit because she's just reading a report. Pumping her for information is a character line from the character. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So. Oh God. Uh, it's it's just <laughs> like the the uh, back to the action yeah. sequences, like the the skiing sequence, boring. Oh, that, and don't we'll come back to this, but on the gadgets, the skiing sequence kind of put me on the gadgets a little bit on this one, where I was kind of uh-huh. maybe in your camp with it, and like, oh, that's a real dumb gadget now. Go, yeah. go ahead the, the skiing yeah the the parahawks what the fuck are they called like the snow snow dudes the snow plow guys snow uh-huh. dudes yeah that i mean that's, that's fine that's like the most mediocre action scene thing there is i don't know yeah and 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 like the the fight scene at the end oh that's actually yeah that's pretty bad to me that's a that's a trash scene not not just a trash fight scene like whose idea was it to shoot in that weird space yeah and and you know so i i like to get my i like to hear multiple points of views and try and uh, aggregate it all together with mine to kind of help me form an opinion i heard Uh that one a lot i've heard that one through the two or three extra things i've listened to and read into Mm-hmm. A lot of people said the same thing, like that final scene. Like somebody, somebody who made this movie thought this would be a cool scene, but I'm that, sure to do every not to work. Do the shots of this scene is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I'm pretty sure they almost killed Denise Richards like four times while shooting the underwater <laughs> ship. That's got to have been the case. Yeah, I'm like, with- let, let's say, let's say as an action choreographer, I convince the director hey well, let's do all the let's do this action scene next to this nuclear reactor thing that's in a enclosed space with water dra- dripping on all the actors at the same time like even if i'm able to convince him that that's a cool thing someone should have stepped up and said eh, this probably shouldn't be the last action sequence in the movie dude i don't even think i, I don't so i'm gonna i'm gonna wrinkle that a little bit and say i think it's almost solely the pipes now, don't get me wrong. I don't know how you make the scene work either way, but I think it's all the horizontal. So they be the horizontal pipes in the room. Yeah. Like that seems like that's the issue. So, and the, the, but you have to have something for the characters to climb over. You do. Attack, so, like otherwise, they're just in a, a shallow swimming pool. Right, and you're and you're right. So at that point, then the whole thing's pointless. So sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a it's not a good scene regardless. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. And the character, and and again to like talking about earlier with the gimmicks guy, with the gimmicks guy, with Renard and his gimmick, it doesn't really do any. He doesn't do anything with it, even though he could. Like if his hand is on, a, I think at one point his hand's on a rod and Bond stomps his hand, but he and he moves his hand maybe. And I could be wrong. Don't don't take me don't take my word on that one. But say that does happen. Renard shouldn't react and pull his hand away. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. He should keep his hand there and be fine. Now, maybe he breaks some fingers, but they're not caring about that stuff anyway. Now, like, and, yeah. What, what I want to see in that scene is him like grab James Bond, Bond's like hand and shove it up his ass. <laughs> and since he doesn't feel pain, he's able to just keep it there and beat the shit out of James Bond. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. I, I don't. I, what they gave us was just boring garbage. So you, so you would like to see. Let me make up something for you, and I'm gonna make up like three seconds of footage. <laughs> Bond has gun out. Renard is close enough to him, so it's gonna be a point blank shot to protect himself. Renard puts his hand on the end of the barrel of the gun and moves the gun. And as he does so, Bond takes a shot. And this way, Bond, uh, you know, because Renard doesn't feel pain, he's able to move the gun out of not to not hit him in the face now. Right. Or, or to not hit his body. Renard uses his, I don't feel pain stick to disorient bond or to move bonds gun or to protect himself from, from the shot like winter soldier did or uh, like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, iron man and winter soldier in mm -hmm. civil war, right? Tony gets on the, the iron man glove just in time to protect himself from a gunfire. From yeah. a gunfire, from gunfire. Like do that with Renard. Like at least there's, there you go. There's something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or, or take your exact setup and Bond shoots the guy in the hand, blowing a hole in the, in his hand. And instead of him wincing in pain, he just takes the hole, sticks the gun through the hole, grabs the gun with his hand, turn it, turns it around and then pulls the trigger on Bond. Oh my God. Like that sounds excessively brutal, but yeah, you're, or, you're talking, you're kind of talking like the sword concept of like, like let the sword stab through me shit yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or or even better like bond shotguns his fucking arm off and all that li all, all that's left is like a sh a, a a severed a bone yeah. and then yeah. he uses the severed bone to start stabbing james bond like yeah to just smack him across the face real quick or or even i mean it's just the same right it, there's you, a dozen you, different ways you've turned my bone into a sword yeah <laughs> like there's have a, fun with this right there's a dozen and, and a half different things you can do with a guy that can't feel pain and you're also going to say also doesn't suffer this the other physical repercussions of action of some actions right like the burning rock in his hand doesn't actually burn his hand even though he yeah. but he doesn't feel the pain yeah oh Couple that with yep. the fact that he knows he's going to die. Yeah, and couple so, like, that. So he doesn't yeah. fear death at this point. Sure, right? He's just all in on everything anyway. Yeah. Like he he should be aping everybody. Yes. Like he like being chill should never be his stance in a fight. I don't know. Outside of being, you know, be smart, but just the same, you should just be fucking buck wild on people. Yeah, it's just it's fucking crazy, man. And, uh, you know, you do say this, or th all this reminds me too to say, early in the movie, one thing I kind of thought of later and I didn't like was the the cigar girl from the bank. If you remember her, uh huh, the one that's like, oh, the, you should check my figures. Like, oh, I'm sure your figures are nice and rounded. That that chick, the uh -huh. assassin. When she gets in the hot air balloon and she's about to kill her, you know, kill them both and all that. And she's like, I can protect you. She's like, no one can protect me from him. 
And for the like rest of the movie, I don't know what she's talking about. Because it's not like <laughs> Renard is this renowned character for he finds you. Motherfucker, he will find you. You could bury yourself in the sand and he will still find you. That's that's really funny because because I completely forgot that she said that until right now when you mentioned it. <laughs> and it's you know, occur- and 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 like putting two and two together, it's like, oh, that's who he, that's who she was talking about, really? Right. Yeah. Right. It, it, I would assume it's him because she says him. You can't. No one can protect me from him. Now I, I'll give it to you. You know, it could be something else. It's if not. They, it's yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah. It's not though. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought about that when I went over the movie a second time a little bit and just like he he's not ever portrayed as that character where he will find you no matter what. Right. So okay. <laughs> I guess I don't I don't know. Yeah. Uh this movie was needlessly horny. What do you explain like, i think i know what you mean but so so like bond has the uh the 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 x-ray vision glasses oh yeah 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 i don't like that <laughs> yeah 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 like, i don't know for, what's for, happened to me as i've gotten older man but yeah i don't like that yeah well because it's 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 really like slimy douchey behavior it it is like if it was a consequence of something else, I wouldn't really think much of it. I don't, I don't believe, or at least I could come to that conclusion after thinking about it. But the, they go, they make him kind of slimy a little bit. Where you know, when he first come, correct me if I'm wrong. He comes in there, puts the glass on, sees the guy, sees he has a gun, and you see these are the girl, these girls around him too. So you kind of see the undergarments and all. All right, that's a byproduct. You could argue. Of him, he's checking out the bouncer, right? He's checking out the guard. Well, maybe you didn't – maybe it's something that was kind of too subtle in the scene, but everyone at that bar had a gun. Oh, did they? Yeah, like that that, that was – even the women. Like it was like tucked into their like – I don't know, boussier? Is that a thing? I don't fucking know. Oh, and and like the garter at their leg and that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And like that's fine. Like if if that's what he's using it for and he's seeing – pieces all over the place cool but sure. they lingered for just two or three seconds too long after like the the, the guard walked out of, out of frame and right. then they cut yeah, back yeah. to to bond and he was like hmm. yeah you've got like the two or, right you've got the two or three women just standing there at the table or wherever where the near where the guard was and he's just kind of looking at them yeah and I'm kind of like, oh, come on, guys. Like, I'm not even hating on the co- men doing that in their own mind, in their own moments of in their head and shit. But let's can we do we not can we not portray that? I don't I don't really know how to frame, how to look at that stuff anymore. I don't know if I'm right or wrong in the way I interpret it. But I, I know I don't really care for it that much in movies these days. I don't like excessive ogling. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's one of those jokes that we we have learned is not funny. Maybe maybe so. That's a that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, because because you know, fucking thirty years ago, which I guess this movie was twenty years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. thirty years ago, when you ask you know 
you take a poll on the side of the road. Hey, if you had x-ray glasses, what would you do? Oh, sure. Most of the men would be like, I'd check out chicks' boobs, you know? Right. That That's the perceived stereotype, if not actually. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, you know what? I would love to see a real poll of that, but I, I, that's definitely the perception. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You know, and, and, and like that's what you see in the back of a, a fucking – uh, I don't know, Mad Magazine ad. It's like, oh, x-ray vision goggles. And, and yeah, they, what are men going to do with that? Yeah, they, they show a, a a woman who's all like, oh. And you see, and yeah, it's, it's so... I wonder if that's a more... You know, this would be a whole other interesting podcast I have, or, you know, a 30-minute episode of, is that manufactured or is that actual? In saying if it's a – like say Mad Magazine produces that and they make that, so it becomes this really popular joke. But in reality, men don't actually think that that's true. Like men wouldn't actually make that choice, but societally it's been put up as this big joke for forever. So it's very reinforced, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say all dudes would do it. Yeah, and I'm not saying dudes wouldn't do it for the record. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they would wouldn't. do it, but like at least nowadays they have a, a better understanding that that's a shitty thing to be doing. Yeah, so Which if they would, twenty it's in years their head. twenty years ago, it was very much like open season on looking at that shit with with X-ray vision. I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what did you think of the the Desmond Llewellyn and and R and all that the the Q scene. Oh, why was John Cleese in this movie? Because he was supposed to replace Q. Does he? I don't know. Like, is he in Die Another Day? Just tell what, me. What we'll have to see. Because I love John Cleese. I absolutely love John Cleese. <laughs> but for him to just show up and be like, huh, I'm taking over. And then he shows up at the end to make a really shitty joke, and that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, though. I'm trying to look and see if John Cleese is in Die Another Day, because I'm not seeing him so far. Unless I'm just missing him, which is very plausible. Let me glance through one more quick time. Okay, no, there he is. There he is. I just don't know what John Cleese looks like. Uh, yeah, he is in the next movie. He's in Die Another Day. Okay, okay. Well, then, then since since they followed it up with action, I'm fine with it. Uh, I do love John Cleese, so I approve. Yeah. F- uh, s- not funny enough. Sadly enough, and ironically enough, uh, Desmond Llewellyn, the original Q, he he dies following this movie. Like he actually died in a car accident. Sadly enough. Oh. Like his char- his character was fortunately written out no matter what, but he That's did actually. Wild. Yeah, yeah you you might have thought, given his age and appearance and all that, you know, he just died of old age, you know, soon enough or whatever. But no, unfortunately, he died in an accident after this movie, That's like the end crazy. of the year. Hmm. Yeah, but it it is interesting to see John Cleese come in and be that character now, even though it gets squashed after die another day yeah uh what did you think of the the scene now that i've put this weight on you to talk talk about desmond 
Llewellyn? Uh, it was charming as usual. Oh, uh, as usual. Okay. As yeah, yeah, and and it, it was it was nice to see that uh he does give James Bond shit for breaking stuff. Yeah. I I really appreciate the uh the lesson thing at the end of it that they kind that he kind of gives him. Uh, I, I took that as kind of sweet. It was like, I've always tried to teach you two things. Never let them see you bleed and always have an escape plan. I'm like, mm. oh. And then he just like elevators away. I'm like, oh, look at that. Bye, Q. Hi, man. <laughs> um, oh, so so the, you know, and we could kind of cover this in tropes, but I'm going to just go ahead and hit it here since it touches on both ends a little. The The jacket kind of. Like, at the end of the day, I don't really care. So it's almost moot for me to say this, but it was a little annoying to see that gadget be that fucking specific. Like, the, what what other environment or set of circumstances is that jacket useful to Bond <laughs> other than an avalanche? <laughs> and sure enough, the avalanche happens. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Neato. Not to mention, I don't understand geography either, because where they were before that scene, you know, he's just in a normal business suit. They're out just doing oil tycoon shit. Mm-hmm. And then the very next scene, they are in, like, and it looks like they're in Texas or Arizona looking kind of area. That's not exactly where they are, of course. But then the next scene is the snow scene, and it is just. Top to bottom fucking snow. <laughs> I don't understand ecosystems or anything. I don't think <laughs> or environmental area. At all. I don't get it. it. It was it was it was like in a video game where you have uh, yeah. an island an <laughs> island in Far Cry where one section's a desert, but if you go up the mountain, it is ice. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I thought about when I was watching it. It was like, what is that? How is that how real world works? Or did they really go somewhere far enough away, like a few hours away, and it's that? Which, you know, that makes sense now that I say it out loud. Like, maybe they took a helicopter ride somewhere that was a few hours away where it would be snowy like that. Well, I don't tec- know. technically, Colorado and Nevada aren't that far apart, right? I, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about geography, though, as I've stated. Oh, all right. Is there is there anything else in this in this movie you you wanted to talk about? Uh in the analysis of it. I can't I, I like I can't stress how bad Denise Richards is in in this movie. Like yeah. what kind of nuclear physicist wears a crop top? Which one's the crop top? Is that the Tomb Raider outfit she has on? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, in what world know. is Denise Richards a nuclear physicist and she wears a crop top tank top? Yeah. You know, in, in retrospect, this is kind of the scene. This is so I've figured out that I like certain overall characteristics of the Bond character and the franchise. But mm-hmm. I do not like at things at certain personal levels or in, or individual moments in movies, stuff like that. Like you have, like you're saying this, this Denise Richards thing. 
what nuclear scientist dresses that way slash any other secret agent or known care, you know, this, this big position, these other female characters might be in. And they're just dressed scantily. Yeah. You know, in, in some scenes, it of course makes sense because the characters are compromised. Like in, in the man with the golden gun at the end of the movie, you have yeah. good night. Who's in a bikini, but that's yeah. because she's been captured. So yeah. that's what it is. But and, otherwise, and, and don't get me wrong. Nuclear physicists can wear whatever the fuck they want to, but not when you're working, right? You would think so, but maybe it's hot. Like this is just one of those frameworks that we're not ever given, right? On paper, you want to say she can wear whatever she wants, and that's just what Denise Richards Christmas Jones wants to wear. So empowerment or some shit like that. But in in a whole other lens, it's like. I mean, look at look at them trying to misogynize Denise Richards, goddamn patriarchy, or so, I don't know. It's it's just it's all how you look at it. <laughs> it's it's like the dichotomy of not liking women who uh, like women wearing makeup. It's like you shouldn't have to wear makeup. Your face is beautiful regardless. But then the woman's like, I wear makeup for me, not for you, asshole. So right, yeah, and you like, never know that unless you're the woman. And and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fine, fine, fine. I can't have an op- opinion on how beautiful your face is. Apparently not. All, all you can do is say whether it's beautiful or not. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. I this isn't me shitting on either side of that argument. I'm just saying it's yeah. intimidating. It, <laughs> that's probably a good way to put it. It is one of those things where it's you think you should be able to comment on it just because we're people and we talk to each other and convey and eyes and shit. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and and we want to communicate. But yeah, there there are just these weird fucking things that I don't know. It, it's the, it's maybe it's also akin to the the heavyset woman and pregnant woman thing. You know, you can't really you almost can't say that to some women because you just don't know. You don't want to unintentionally then be overweight. Uh, I wouldn't say it's akin to that. No, it's like. Th- I'm there, asking, there, there, there comes a point in pregnancy where it's fucking obvious you're pregnant. Now there it, is, there is, there is like a, like a two month period there where you just look chunky. Uh huh. And it, yes, you, you, it can be very easy to uh, misconstrue someone's size, but yeah. once you're pregnant, you're fucking pregnant. Okay, <laughs> I got you. So, so just like the X-ray vision joke for men, that joke is not. Has, has aged out because there's so many of them where you'll, or there's been enough jokes in the time where they were like, Oh, congratulations. What is a boy or girl? Like I'm not pregnant. You know, that whole joke. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, there's some stuff about this movie. I like, I like the actors. I like the way they're doing things. And I actually kind of like the story that's there. I, just I, I feel like there's a framework of a great story. Yeah, because it's personal and Bond is actually kind of – excuse me. Bond is actually kind of menacing in some of the movie. Like like you said earlier, I think this – or on top of what you said earlier, I think this is probably Brosnan's best portrayal of Bond. Yeah. At least really enjoyed it. So uh, it's it's unfortunate the rest of the movie wasn't as good. Yeah. The exploding money at the beginning, or the yeah, the exploding money at the beginning was fucking stupid. 
Oh, really? Why, why is that? that? Just the the way why they framed that? it as, and the trigger was this, and the the money was laced with this, this, this. Like, fuck you. Like, just just say it was a bomb. You say it was what, a fucking bomb. What what part of that? Why does that rub you so bad? Like, what part of that bothers you? Because they had to over-explain every single thing to explain how this thing exploded. Hmm. It, it, it's. Oh, okay. like 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 there there's a there's a line somewhere somewhere in there where not enough explanation isn't enough, but too much explanation makes it feel like you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about or you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh-huh. And yeah. they definitely crossed that line into the other onto the other side this time. I, I'd be interested to watch that scene with you and see where you think that is. Like what. Where does the line? Where's the line hit for you in that scene? Where's it? We're like, all right, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. The, the, the fucking like laser activated watch or, or or ring or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, uh what, yeah, what was the, it? Lapel pin or whatever. Lapel pin. Uh-huh. Like fuck you, fuck you, and your uh, laser activated lapel pin. Yeah, well, and it was like radio transmitter. I don't even know what that really means. I don't know if that means someone else manually activated it. Or did the pin respond to something in the environment so it activated at the right time? That that was one thing that was actually confusing to me. I understand that the the pin got switched by someone, mm-hmm. but what I didn't understand, I also understand that the pin, one way or another, caused the money to ignite. But okay, okay. did him simply entering the room and the pin? sensing something in the room the money did it just trigger and explode so it was just this one two of it or was it he had to be in proximity with that pin of the money and another person has to detonate it or or activate the pin I, I don't know. And, and it, I don't and it's know. It's infuriating that we're even talking this much about it. Like fuck yeah. fuck that entire scene. Yeah, they don't really – and maybe we're dumb, but yeah, they don't really – it's not conveyed very well. I'll give you that. Um, what was it with that scene, though, too, that was – sorry, I had one other thought. Eh. Oh, yeah. I, it, I understand this kind of – it's probably just the excitement. This is how it has to be sort of thing. I get it. Maybe. I still don't like it. So that explosion happens with the pin, kills the guy. Bond is there, gets Bond back. Bond happens to go, he go, not happens to, he goes into the room, goes to the hole in the wall now, looks out and sees the assassin who is already looking to snipe him. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's what that is. <laughs> Like, let's say she's the remote detonator. Let's just say it's a detonator thing, and it was remotely done by her. Why the fuck is she still there? After the explosion, she should just be gone. Why is she waiting to shoot Bond? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And isn't that isn't that when he drove the fucking jet boat out of yeah. out the side of the building? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He how goes, convenient he goes is it that you explode the building right where the jet boat's parked? Well, no, 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 I don't think that. No, 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 I, I don't know about, well, okay, I don't think so, but I'd have to look and see. No, the the, the opening, no, no, yeah, yeah, because where the jet boat is is like in a little harbor, 
in the building, I think. Did Was that like a fever dream I had then? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that whole boat scene's a fever dream because there's definitely the scene where he jets up under that bridge and fixes his tie, which I think is adorable. Oh, yeah. That was, uh... But the but the other dumb the other dumb part to what you're talking about is maybe when he gets on land with the jet boat mm-hmm. and it's just going at normal speed on as jet boats do. Yeah. On land, just jet boating through the entire way, not slowing down. Not just like, all right, I don't think that's what that does. You didn't even like manufacture wheels or some shit. But all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just James Bond ass shit, man. <laughs> I I really didn't mind the jet the jet boat scene. It has some stupid shit, but I, I was <laughs> I was mostly fine with it. It's like this shit's about par for the course. If I'm okay with James Bond getting in a Dukes of Hazard style situation and and doing like a spin off one jumping off one ramp in a car. Mm-hmm. And spinning onto the next ramp, I'm going to be okay with a stupid ass jet boat, I guess. I'm just not okay with, like you said, it's awfully convenient that this is the scene. One, that the assassin sticks around. Two, that Q has a jet boat ready for okay. him to use. Actually, I, I just pulled the movie up and started watching that scene. The jet boat comes out of a different hole that's yeah. in the side of the building. Right, it has so, its own like, harbor. Okay. They they built and manufactured the jet boat on like the fourth floor. Oh, oh. and then he was able to ramp out the out of the side of the building into the the harbor. Okay. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Okay, what is music next? <laughs> it, it is. So, all right, move on to the music, and I, I would like to. I'm gonna start this one off if that's all right. Go for it. <laughs> I'm actually down with this song real bad. I really like this song. No, this song this song is really, really good. But I, I'm but, so but, glad but, we agree. To be fair, I'm a big fan of garbage. Not like is garbage. That the band? I mean, like the band garbage. Yeah, I was about to say in that is that the name of the band? Yes, that is so, that is the name of the band. Okay. <laughs> uh I really like the song. I really like the really good. Sound. The song's really good. Yeah, I remember jamming out to this back in the day, like back when I got into Bond and stuff and had like the Bond soundtrack. So it had all the movies intros at mm-hmm. the time. And this was like, I think it might have been around 99. So it would have been, you know, been a 19 or or so track CD. And I remember really liking the song. Just I just really like the, the, the tone of it, the sound of it, whatever the right language is. But it sounds great. Yeah, this was this was garbage at their most popular. So like, they were they were never like a a, a band that like took over the world or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're not the fucking Beatles or or even fucking Van Halen or anything anything like that. But in 1999, they were at the height of their powers. Well, so what's a song that they did that's real? That's not this one. Uh, let's see. What's like their song? They they have a few songs. Uh, I'm only happy when it rains. Stupid girl. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to just listen to them because it's just I don't remember these these ones that you're talking about here. Uh, let's see. I think I'm paranoid. This chick. 
So this image on Spotify that they have of the singer, uh-huh. she just looks like a doll. Yes, yes. Like she looks like we don't speak just... ill of Shirley Manson. <laughs> oh, is that is that like Watch Manson? Fu- Manson? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, her her name is actually Shirley Manson. It's not like a like a made up fucking stage name. Oh no no, but I mean like, is she related to Marilyn Manson or whatever any of that? Or, or no, that's a stage name, I guess. That's, Marilyn yeah, Manson. That's a stage name. That guy, okay. that dude's name is fucking Brian. <laughs> that sounds like the diss in fucking Eight Mile that Eminem does. <laughs> it's like, oh, what what did he say? Oh, Clarence. It's like. Oh, and your real fucking name is Clarence, and Clarence's parents have a real nice marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like okay, but I, I, I love you. garbage. I love Shirley Manson. Like the song is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to get and, back and on point. To get back on point, the song is great, and I'm sure that my opinion is very much colored by my opinion of the band. Yeah. But I love her sound though. Shirley, uh, Shirley oh, yeah, Manson sound. She sounds killer in this song i so to go a little further than just man it sounds so good i think the lyrics really go with this song or really go with the movie i'm sorry mm-hmm. let me oh, i need to change this doc thing where it comes up when i want it to let me see if i can find the the lyrics real quick to uh i know how to hurt i know how to heal i know what to show and i know what to conceal like that sounds more or less perfect like that fits yeah. the character of Electra right there just those lines yeah and there's of course other lines that that carry on people like us know how to survive there's no point in living if you can't feel alive yep obviously the movie on the mm-hmm. last two parts but like this song is really, really good to me, and it, it sounds really good and fits this movie really well. I I, I second all of those. Like I have nothing <laughs> bad to say about this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, okay. Where would you, you? You know what? In retrospect, I think we're gonna do something. We might do this later. Uh, we need to do a ranking of the songs. Just like a whole an episode that's just dedicated to listening to the songs and ranking them. Yeah, just like All we're right. ranking the movies. Okay. We need we should maybe do that. Season uh, three, my boy. Season three. <laughs> so on, on paper, just as a baby little taste, what where do you where would you rank this one off the you know off the top of your head? Uh, top Good three. Feeling. Top, top three. Okay. Yeah. There's I, there's, I there's only one too. clear like one that. that's clear obviously ahead of it. Which one's that? Which one's that? Live and let die. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see where a view to a kill gets you. Yeah, a view to a kill, um, Skyfall, like we're talking greatest hits right now. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to tropes then, unless you have something else for music. Uh, no, no, the 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 song during the credits was uh the James Bond theme, so there was nothing special there. Um. Oh, I I will say this before we get off music. Uh, one of my favorite instances of Bond music application is m- might possibly be in this movie of the pretty pretty that the theme. Uh huh. 
when he and Denise Richards are in the tunnel uh in in when they're Russians uh when he's in the Russian outfit and she's like okay so you're a British secret service agent who are you and he says the name is Bond. Bang, bang. And he shoots out something from underneath them and it sends him up. And it's pretty, pretty <laughs> James Bond. And there's this explosion starting to happen. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> fuck yeah, your name is James Bond. God damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Nothing subtle about that. Bro, that shit got me fucking hyped for like three seconds. <laughs> Nothing subtle, and nor does it need to be. That shit was so fucking clean. It was really good. <laughs> oh, man. That's kind of like uh, when Cap jumps out the window in Winter Soldier after Sam Jackson's been shot. Uh-huh. And he's like, Cap, do you have a, do you have a sight on the guys? Like, I'm in pursuit. And that music kicks in, and he jumps out the fucking window across to the other window. <laughs> it's like, oh god damn it, this shit's going. Let's let's do it. <laughs> anyway, I just think that's such a great, great moment. The one amazing moment in this movie and great use of the music. On All top right. of like um the going on sound. I can't think of what that's called right now, but there's like a you know, in universe sound and audience sounds that they only they hear. I can't think of what that's called that term's called. Uh, that would be the soundtrack. No, well, I mean, Score. yeah, 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 but it's no, it's, it's something. What it is is like, if the characters in the movie are listening to a radio, that sound element is called something. Whereas if it is a sound element that only the audience hears, that's a that's called something else. Oh, film like, school. Like di- no. oh, that's it. Di- diegetic and non-diegetic. Oh wow! Sorry. Uh, okay, damn my my bad. Boy, let's get on to them tropes though. Put your fancy education away there, Reed. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. Anyway, tropes then. I I don't know how long we'll go on this one because I'll, I'll have to say this has probably been one of the less uh, interesting sections to me. I don't know. Like they, they were there were a lot of tropes in this movie. There but are, none of them were that good. Yeah, and maybe that's the way to put it. Like I don't know if I don't know if it's really worth talking about as much anymore. We'll have to table this for another time. The kills though, that's still cool. Oh, the, the, I lost count of the fucking kills, man. Like Oh yeah. yeah. I had to I had to watch half this movie twice because I fell asleep. Like full on, like deep sleep. Not just <laughs> nodding, nodding off. Like I fucking fell asleep. Um, I think I counted like twelve or thirteen, That's but funny. then I read, but then I realized, hey, uh, I might have missed one because there was like a whole bunch of shooting over here. So I don't fucking know. I'll look up the actual total though. The world is not enough. Jesus, fuck, twenty-seven oh. kills. That might be the highest he's had. Maybe. Uh, oh, well, I he had forty-seven in in Goldeneye. Oh well, okay. Never I take Did it back. Didn't he blow up like an entire building in Colton Eye? Oh yeah, I guess he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. Um so he bedded three women in this movie. Which is like which is like yeah. one above par. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was trying to think, wait, who's the third one? Like, oh, yeah, he and Denise Richards do get together at the very la- last, like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I, I think you said this earlier, but that, yeah, that, that scene's a little... I think at the time it was very cute, but I think now it's a little gratuitous. Mm-hmm. And, and not to... I don't know... I'm actually, I'd be really interested to see this in a, in a different cut. Like, is it gratuitous to me because they show it and speak it? Or if the characters were just telling us, would it, would it be less gratuitous? I don't know. What or the, vice versa. The, what the, the heat, heat, sen- heat vision right. scene yeah, at the yeah. end? Right. That whole scene, like if they had changed, if they, you know, say they reshot or, or not reshot, but like, re-edited that scene where they took out the visuals and only left in the audio of the characters telling us things but they took out the heat imaging of it like i'm fine with the heat imaging until they show her leg pop out Mm -hmm. like the 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 joke is the look on john cleese's face behind m oh is it like that's the joke okay because because the dudes in the room get it get what's happening before m does Oh, does he? Does John Cleese have like that, that like biting your bottom lip, bobbing your head look? Is that what he's? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just, just like a oh, this, oh, when she figures out what this is, she's going to be embarrassed. Like it's, it's that kind of look. Oh, okay. Yeah, like th- that's the joke. Like th- they didn't have to punch home that. I guess for it's like, hey, for you idiots in the audience who don't realize what's happening. Yeah. That might be true, yeah. I, you know, and and I and I make a mild complaint of that, but maybe, but for the most part, most of those dumb little quip things are just dumb quip things, and I'm so kind of okay with them. I I don't like them to some degree on certain contexts, but as a whole, I'm so okay with the quippy stuff because that like Brosnan does such a good job at to me kind of meshing. Sean Connery and Roger Moore mm-hmm. to me like I really think he's uh, he's a combo of them yeah and man it, it's just it's unfortunate that he wasn't in slightly better movies yeah I, I'll, I'll I'll give you that like what the, the the one thing about the quippiness in this movie that I feel like worked against it was there were so many up front and mm. they were so bad that for a, for a while like this include like the quips and the ridiculousness of the opening scenes boat chase and just the 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 grand the, the grandiose nature of that whole opening sequence made it feel like it was parodying itself I just don't see that. I, I mean, I, like you think that that's cool. I, I get, I can get where you're coming from. I, I don't know. I guess I never really, I never really got that impression. Maybe, maybe I'm too biased, right? Maybe because I saw these, I saw this when it came out, probably or around when it came out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm locked in a little bit already. Yeah, and and kind of and, and I, I guess looking at this through the framework of this is 30 years after the original you know, James Bond movies were coming out. Oh, I, 
Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, like, like it, it makes me feel like they didn't learn. Like seeing this, this kind of this stuff in a movie from the '60s or '70s, I can brush off and say, "Oh, that's cute. That's just that's just how it was." But yeah. seeing it 30 years later and they're still doing the same bullshit mm-hmm. makes me makes it feel like whoever's in charge now, because it's not the same person who's ever whoever's in charge now is kind of making poking fun at what James Bond is. They're either poking. Yeah, I mean, I could see that I could I could get with that. Maybe they are poking fun or or they really are just kind of writing. These are the these are this is the bond ness of these of these movies and that and i guess that's the like when you think about these movies there are a bunch all these action movies right that's all these are is mm-hmm. up to this one it's 19 this is the 19th one i think yeah and it's just 19 action movies there's not what what makes them special at all or unique from any other one is the character james bond and his peripheral universe pieces yeah. So this kind of quippy, ridiculous bullshit is part of that, whether you like it or not. And that's maybe what people went for. I don't know. I know. But but there's a way to be quippy and it not feel outdated. Oh, sure. Like like the Marvel movies are full of quips, but they don't feel outdated. And, and I'm yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess I take them those as more like clever retorts they're much more modernized retorts or 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 realistic dialogue ish and the and the bond ones are meant to be corny yeah they they really joke the movie kind of dad joke kind of double entendre kind of stuff like that they're meant to be these very kind of overt quips you know what did he think about that when you when the guy got electrified in the bathtub, oh, it must be shocking. Uh huh. I mean that. That's these movies. <laughs> I At some it. point, I'm just complaining about the movies. <laughs> Maybe. And I'm not saying you can't complain about it. I'm just telling you that's the movies. That's what huh? they are. Now, of course, it does change. You get up to Casino Royale, it starts changing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not wrong. So and, that's but, uh, a, and it's and it's a breath of fresh air, to be honest. It, and it is. I'll I'll give you that for what it's worth. Like I, I, it's not a, it's not meant to be a pro or con. It's just, I guess it's, it just depends where you're at. And and it did take them. It is interesting to think how long it took them to get out of it, right? Oh, yeah. You would kind yeah. of think the Pierce Brosnan era would start taking away the basics. The 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 this is just the movie parts, but it doesn't. It just kind of keeps them funny enough when they wanted to reinvent the character. Yeah. It took them to Casino Royale to do that. Interesting. Well, I don't really have yeah. anything else to, to cover in the, uh, the, the the tropes. I guess I don't either. I was trying to think of the Q scene, if there was anything that kind of stood out in there. Uh, I guess not really. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I can't. If there is, I just can't really yeah, think no, of it. I, no, I hate no there's no henchmen. Not yeah, really. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. The uh, knowing that that was 
that actor's last cue scene and that he died the later that year. Like that's a very apropos like last scene. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of sit on it for a second, like, man, that's crazy. That's real crazy. He, he died before. Cause this movie came out Christmas. I think that year of 99. And he died before 2000. Yeah. He, so died, he, he died in 99. So it's crazy to think he, he died near or before the release of this movie. Yeah. Like, so he maybe didn't get to see uh, the film. Let me look look up him, and I'm going to look up the movie. The movie came out November 8th. November 8th? He died December 19th. Oh, okay. So he, so he could have seen the movie. Yeah. At least. I don't know. It just would have been an interesting, I guess it's sad, but interesting to think, oh, he passed away before the movie released that he was, that he left in something like that. Yeah. Anyway, Q will be missed. And there's, and, and he is more of an interesting thing. And maybe this is something we can do later as a retrospective to the entire series. He's the, he's a constant, right? He's in from, from, from Russia with love, which was the second film, I believe. To this one. So he's been in like 17 movies or 16 movies. And he he was with what? Four four different bonds. Five, five, three. That's right. Yeah, five. Yeah, Yeah, he's been through five different bonds. I think three different M's and three different money pennies. I think. I'd have to see that, but something like that. He's. He's just the only character, right? He's the only one who's been there, and it's got to be really interesting for him. Like, what a what an interesting interview that might have been. Yeah, for somebody to have ever had if they if they did have it. Um, all right, so time to move on to the rankings. This has gone on a little longer than anticipated, so apologies. But I don't know this. We I don't know. I don't know about you, but this just made me think about some stuff a little bit, or the way we talked about it anyway. Yeah. So rankings. I will take the lead on this one. Okay. This week we have got 14 on the ranking so far, and we're up to making a 15th. As a refresher to anyone listening, we're going to start from bottom to top. Number 14 is From Russia With Love. 13 is Dr. No. 12, The Spy Who Loved Me. 11, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. 10, Quantum of Solace. 9, Live, or Let, Live and Let Die. Number 8, The Living Daylights. Number 7, Tomorrow Never Dies. Number 6, License to Kill. Number 5, Goldfinger. Number 4, Casino Royale. Number 3, Goldeneye. Number 2, The Man with the Golden Gun. And number 1, Skyfall. Okay. So where do you... Th- you, you take the lead on where you think this goes. Um... Or even just a broad yeah. idea. If okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a range here that I think it fits in pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, after live and let die, like 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 lower than live and let let die, and higher than Doctor No. I could definitely see that. Uh, that's kind of where I was thinking was around. 
you know, funny enough, earlier, some some point earlier in this, I was going to make a joke at you about like, oh, so I know this getting, this is not getting above number 10, <laughs> which is Quantum of Solace. <laughs> I could kind of see that. I, I could see it being at number, being the new number nine, like being between Live and Let Die and Quantum of Solace, because I think the story in this is better. Yeah. It's just not as good as it could. It's definitely not as good as it could be. Like, at the end of the day, to me, this lower portion is basically these movies had neat ideas, but they didn't fulfill them or execute them. Or they didn't fulfill them. I wouldn't even say they didn't execute them right. They just didn't get there. Like, this movie, to me, had a really interesting possibility where, like we had said earlier, that Renard could have just been removed completely. She could have been the villain. Electra yeah. could have been the, the sole villain. Because interestingly enough, she'd be the first. She is the first female main villain. You know, if you make the argument that she's a main villain. Yeah, yeah. And also, she has an interesting. She actually has a really interesting uh, POV or a really interesting angle that she can come from. It actually, I could see this being such an interesting cultural thing to talk about where let, let's let me frame it to you this way so she talks about that the whole oil thing is her family's legacy from her maternal gr- grandfather yeah right so not her father and his legacy no 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 this was her mother's legacy mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the female villain and she fights against James Bond, who is the epitome of masculinity, something like that. I could see some interesting back and forth. Like a a deep dive? Like a deep, deep dive. If you want to even go that sort of angle, right, feminism versus masculinity or femininity, whatever, all those things. But just the same. Either way, take, take, strip those things down. This is just a really interesting story that she, that they don't really explore where she she her whole point of view is I'm taking this shit back from my from my family. And, you know, but your dad's your family. No, fuck my dad. I'm meeting my mother's family, her her side, because it almost makes me and I'm making this up to make it make sense. And I don't know because they don't really talk about it like her dad who gets killed earlier on, like he's English and her mother is Lebanese. I don't know. Right. There's just some. They just don't even talk about it. They don't really go into what she means by their line- her lineage. Well, yeah, because they had to give because they had to give three minutes to a scene where James Bond seduces a doctor. Uh huh. Right. Like, th- like th- that time could have been better used. Without I mean, doubt, th- the entire showcase of Renard could have been could have been that. I don't know why you got to pick on. Bond trying to seduce a doctor. It seems unfair. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, this movie is riddled with wasted time. It it is, yeah, it is. But it's just to say, like that, that's all I mean. Like there's there's story there that just never gets touched, and the story is never really fulfilled as it could. So yeah, funny enough, I think that would be like some sort of ranking, some sort of tier system to me. It would be like C's would be stories that were never fulfilled. B's would be decent, but you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, anyway, go ahead. I'm okay with it living at number 10. 
Number 10. So between Live and Let Die and between between Live and Let Die and Quantum of Solace? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm cool with it being there, too. And and I'm sort of, I I guess I, I wish they would have gone a little more. So so maybe you didn't hadn't looked into this or had seen it or anything. So the world, do you understand the title? Well, I know that they said it towards the end of the movie where uh-huh. like she, they would what give him any anything I could give you the world. Right. There there is that. Some uh additionally though, or really the thing is the world is so there's no point in living if you can't feel alive is supposed to be like a motto. Uh-huh. Right? It's either her family's motto. I don't know if they're if they clear that up exactly. It's either her family's motto or it's Renard, something like that. But then later Bond, of course, says to her, The world is not enough. They said this back in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. The world is not enough is the Bond family motto. Like literally part of their crest, part of their all their their legacy, their lineage. So really, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe maybe I remember you mentioning that in the episode that we did. Yeah, and I, I definitely remember catching it in when we watched that movie. Or at the very least, I caught the like you know, like the idiot. Like I'm just like they they say, Oh, the world is not enough, what a motto for the bonds and like, ah, oh, that's the name of the other movie. <laughs> but you know, either way, that that's where the, the title comes from, incidentally, and they don't really explore him saying that that because he does say it i think he even says it's a family motto but you could see him or at least i i took that just as easily to be he's just talking shit or he's just kind of saying something dumb like it's not i shouldn't take this literally but just a fun fact either way it's it is literally the bond family his family's motto cool (laughs) indeed well, any any uh, final thoughts on this one, Sergio, or a- anything else to say? Not really, not really. Like it's it's just ultimately forgettable, in in my mind. Like we'll watch this one so we can get to the next one. And I would kind of say alternate. I would be a little different than that. Where it it is ultimately, I think I agree that it is forgettable. But man. This could have been a damn movie. It could have. It ha- absolutely could have. I, I I will agree with that. Yeah, and it's just, man, when I when I rewatched it now, I was like, damn it, damn it, this movie had some stuff. Cause I I loved the um we 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 didn't talk about him at all, but the Valentin Serkovsky character, I was really glad to see him. I loved that actor playing that character. I thought he was fun, but they don't really do too much with him. Yeah. Yeah, like, like a lot of these older James Bond movies and plots, mm-hmm. I would love to have – I would have rather have seen them in the style of Daniel Craig's James Bond. When you say the older ones, where are you referring to roughly? They, like basically the, everything up until uh, Casino Royale. Oh, so you mean like from Dr. No up? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I'm not talking about every single one of them, but any of them where they just feel like there's plots that didn't live up to their potential. Okay. I, I feel like if you just take them out of the, you know, the land of of of, of 007. And oh, re- I see. Yeah, yeah. Like they're so mired in the, the history of what those movies have to be that mm-hmm. they aren't able to be as interesting as they could be. Sure. And yeah, I feel kinda, like I feel yeah. like the shackles were kind of removed when Daniel Craig took over. Yeah, kind of like what we had said a little bit on the uh, License to Kill one, where we said that movie is almost just its own movie, like it's not yeah. even a Bond movie, almost. Yeah, and yeah. and okay. S- strangely enough, that's kind of one of its strengths. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of is. It's almost better that it's not. It, it would have possibly been better. If it didn't have James Bond tagged onto it. Yeah. Or if it was going to have it, maybe they do it different. I don't know. Because it's interesting you say that because I think the Take Casino Royale, I watched that movie and they stripped away some of the Bond stuff for sure in that movie. But that's still a Bond movie to me. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. I'm not confused as much when I watch it. And I know it's a Bond movie, but it is hard for me to. To be fair, it's also hard for me to parse away. Is it a does it not does it feel like a Bond movie anyway because I know it's a Bond movie, or because the movie has just enough Bond elements, and I don't know which one of those two is true. Mm, probably a combination of the two. It probably is, and that's probably more depth of thought than a Bond movie deserves. Yes. If if we did episode titles, uh-huh. there's your episode title. <laughs> All right, well, Sergio, what's what what's the next movie we're gonna talk about? You um, you know that I don't Spectre. I don't I don't know that is it? Spe- oh damn, yeah. damn really? Are we going to that one now? Yeah, I'm actually asking. I'm not doing a a fake showman voice. That that's like the last one up until um. No What's time to die. Yeah, 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 that one. Well, okay, it, uh, well, he, you're you're the host here. Like, you can call an audible. We can jump back and watch a. Uh, yeah, I think let's let's do that. Let's go let's, back to Connery. Yeah, let's go back to let's leave Spectre to be. I think our audience would agree. All of our many many listeners, they <laughs> would agree we should leave Spectre to flow into No Time to Die. I think that would be a better fit. Okay. For you, right. continuity wise. Let's do it. That means Thunderball is next. Thunderball. Oh, man. I have not seen this one in forever. Thunderball. I think I've really only seen this one once or twice. I've just not seen this one very much. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking forward to jumping back from... 1999 to whenever the fuck Thunderball is. 65. God damn it, I don't want to go back that far. Unlearned um, 34 years of film lessons. Uh, this, you know, in in retrospect of doing all this, this has absolutely been a terrible way to do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have much rather gone one in one after the other. I would have rather been in order. Because get these motherfuckers gone. 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, I really like how hectic this th- th- this is. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time for Thunderball. Woo, dudes. If, if you get a chance, listen to uh, Ninja Turtle stuff with Sergio and Jeff Hubbard. They talk about, well, Ninja Turtle stuff because it's called Shellheads. What else would they talk about on there? And if you get a chance, the Black Pocket Podcast is pretty dope, too. Robert Morris and his fellers talk about cool things. Just like Clarence and the Discussing Guys. They're real talkative. Oh, have, yes, yes. Over on the Discussing Network. Yeah, that one on the Discussing Network. The the DN. No, that doesn't have a very good joke acronym to it or abbreviation. Anyway. The di- the, di- the Disnet. Uh, I mean, I, I like that, but I feel like that should apply to something else. That's like the disnet. Like maybe that should be a, co- a comedy thing. Like dis.net. Ooh, dis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe that should be a hip hop thing. Some whole where they come up with disses like a thesaurus for dissing people. Oh, there you go. Like, mm. like, like your home for the hottest rap battles. Yeah. net. <laughs> well, thanks so much for stopping by and listening to us talk about stuff that doesn't really matter, but we think is fun. And we hope you find it fun, too. So you wonderful people out there in Radio Waves land, have a great day. Or I guess Internet land now. Right. That one. Thanks. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keith the Hip, Q Nod, and Brick Up Rock.